Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Great Sports Podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend, Father Richard Heilman. And we've got Father Mike Leitner tonight as our guest. And before we bring this amazing priest in to this episode, which is going to be fantastic, clearly you're intrigued yes. by the title. And I hope you are, because this is a very serious episode. We're not joking about this. We do have to understand how do we weather this, really, this perfect storm that's coming, this great reset perfect storm. And it's pretty serious. So we want to start everything off always with prayer. And Father Heilman, I always turn it over to you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you very Amen. much, Father. And I want to encourage everybody out there, when it comes to this particular episode, as with all the episodes of U.S. Grace Force, what we really do here is we're trying to get the word out to as many people as possible. This is a very, very critical message to get out. There's a lot of information that we're going to unpack in this episode, and it's very important, really, to get this to as many people as possible. Please share this podcast with others. A lot of people are not aware Still, and it's amazing if you think about it, a lot of people still aren't aware that there is this new world order, this great reset effort that is not coming. It is unfolding. It has been going on for quite some time. We're going to break it down in this episode. So please share this with others. We want to thank all of you who support this, this podcast, what we're trying to do with U.S. Grace Force. Thank you so much. Your prayers, your comments, your encouragement are amazing. And also for those of you who support us, through the Patreon program. We thank you so much for that. If you're interested, please click the link in the description below. We ask you to pray about it. We want it to be a good fit for you. We want you to feel like the Holy Spirit's inspiring you in some way to support this. Please check it out, click the link, pray about it, and we thank you for that. Don't forget also to check out the U.S. Grace Force gear page. We've got t-shirts, which obviously just an abundance of powerful Catholic messages to get the word out. We want to really say to the world that that dogma lives loudly within me, that I kneel for God alone, that I truly am a witness. Please, God, want to be a witness for the truth of the Catholic faith. So please click that link in the description below, going out to the U.S. Grace Force gear page. And Father, uh, I know you and Father Leitner go back a long way, but I just have to say when I met Father uh, Leitner, it was, I think, the nest was the first place I think we, we hung out in, in the Milwaukee area. And just fantastic, just sitting around talking with your father. I had great memories of that. And then several times bumping into you around the country. Um, but uh, I'll let Father uh, Richard Heilman bring you in because I know you guys are, are good friends. So, yeah. So uh, Father Mike Leitner and I go back. Um, I I, um, I I love the that you were kind of the impetus or even the brainchild for the uh, tremendous uh, men's movement called Men of Christ, and it started in Milwaukee, Men of Christ, Milwaukee. Now we have it here in Madison, and I, I'm actually now the spiritual. Uh, leader of of the of our leadership team for that. Uh, it, last year we had 500 guys there. We called we called the conference God Strong, and I gave them each a challenge coin, uh, Saint Joseph challenge coin. But oh no, we called it Saint Joseph Strong. Uh, sorry, and, and I gave him a Saint Joseph challenge coin. But and, and we had Father uh, Callaway there. But anyways, you started a great movement, Father. But you you're a man of many ideas. But you're also uh, I, you're a scholar in the terms of, um, you know, the, the apparitions of the Blessed Mother. Uh, I know you do deep dives on what's going on in the world. Uh, what, what are the elites up to? What is evil up to? Uh, I, I think you've got a keen 
sense of that, but uh, but you you do go deep. And for me, that means you love you you love. You know, I, I you're rare, unfortunately, because we need more people like you. Who and, and this is the way I put it too: is that you're a shepherd. You know, you're a priest. You're a shepherd. You've got your flock. Okay, so if the wolves are going to come, I mean, you got to warn the flock. Otherwise, to me, you're not loving. You know, you're just you're just a functionary. Is all you are. And so Father Leitner is one of those that is very much aware of what's going on in the world to a degree I've never experienced in anybody else. So we're so excited to have you on tonight, Father, and to pick your brain about uh, everything that's going on in the world, uh, may, some pending stuff that we, we might be challenged with, which we'll get into shortly. Uh, but um, And you and I always, we're, we're getting on the phone with each other and solving all the problems of the world, and uh, <laughs> it's awesome. But... Uh, but just recently in our phone conversation, and this is why I wanted to have you on, you led me to a podcast, and uh, the podcast talked about uh, food shortages. That, and this person on the podcast, uh, Man in America, is the name of the podcast, and everybody should check it out. But he was, uh, and you can find it on the internet. It starts out like food shortages, uh, but anyways, uh, it was so intriguing. And I have to admit that I am fresh in all this stuff. I have not done the deep dive that you've done on it, but uh, I am uh, absorbing the information now. And hopefully our listeners tonight will absorb what you have to say too about that and, and so much other that's going on in the world. But Father, can you kind of um, lead us into this with, uh, you know, why, why did you want me to look at it? You know, why, why do you want all of us to be aware of this? And uh, you know, maybe a little bit about the podcast that, that you and I watched. Doug, I sent it to you and you watched it today too. Yeah. So can and, you- And by the way, I'll just speed? say, we'll, we'll have a link in, in the description below so people Good. can go out and check it out. Nice. So Father, you, can you bring us up to speed of, you know, what do you feel is going on right now? Well, when I, uh, my beginning of my conversion, I had a priest to say to me that any strategic war, you must know your enemy. Yep. And we sometimes forget about that. And even the process of how Satan goes through our mind, how he affects our emotions, all of these things that are going on in the world today with the fear that's pumped into the world oh, is a big thing. And during COVID, I had a tendency and time, right, to sit and do some research about everything that's going on and fears being pumped into the world. So you have a crisis like the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And then all of a sudden, now there's a war because people aren't buying the COVID stuff so much anymore. I mean, it's still out there, but people are kind of resisting and all these protests. And now there's a potential of World War III yeah. and more fear, more fear, more fear. And then all of a sudden on the horizon, I picked up a podcast that my sister Linda, she, she kind of got me onto. And I watched it and I was like, wow, this guy is credible. He's bringing the evidence to bear in that. The quotes from uh, some world elites, our president himself, it was on Fox News. And I know because, you know, my brother was a farmer and we, I have my hands in farming and food production a little bit. I see the cost rising of diesel gasoline, yes. of uh, fertilizer, hard to get seeds, a chemical, for example, that is in the Roundup Ready uh, stuff that Monsanto does and all of a sudden China closed it down and will not send it to America anymore so it's going to put our food supply in jeopardy especially this summer 
And that's why I called you. I said, hey, are you aware of this? Because I think we need to talk about it. Yeah, Father, I, when I watched it, because Father Heilman sent it over to me too, um, it, to me, it just confirms, reconfirms, quadruple confirms all these different reports. You know, and I, I had heard this from, from someone up in Nebraska when I was back up in my home state recently. And a gentleman came up and he works in the ag business. He travels the Midwest working with farmers on equipment, but his family is also deeply involved in farming. And he brought it up with me that, you know, the price of fertilizer alone is quadrupling. It's over 300% increase. And he's telling us that this, you're really going to see this next year. And then again, that's what this video confirms. This man talks about this as well. You know, he does cover an enormous number of facts and information out there. Um, and I just think it's just another layer on top of so many others that are saying to us that there is something going on here. Now, Father, uh, Father Mike, I'm curious if you could give kind of your take for the audience on the fact that there is something much more. We talk about the Great Reset, um, and we've mentioned that on this podcast before, and I know you're very attuned to what's going on there. Um, you know, the New World Order mind, all this is going on. The Davos conferences, the World Economic Forum, this recent event that took place at the end of March just last week at the time we record this. Um, the, the, I think it was the global government summit, something of that nature, where you've got people sitting around and the first session was, are you ready for a new world order? That was the title of the first session. So give us your take father, if you could on, on the new world order, great reset, and just kind of an overview. So the audience can see this is not conspiracy theory because they're boldly proclaiming this, the so-called elites, and they're, they're putting these things into practice, into action. Kind of an overview on your part, please. Well, an overview in the shortest possible time is it's about control. It's about control of the masses. And the, the problem is, is there's something called the Georgia Guidestones. This mm. is what kind of freaks me out a little bit. And they're mm. found in Georgia and it's stated it's by the uh, Masonic Temple. It's tied to the Masonic order. And it's a claim that, you know, by 2030, we will hold the population under 50 million people in the world. Mm -hmm. So you look at that, you go back to the pandemic, you look at the food shortages, the, the possibility of food shortages, you look at war and rumors of war, and all of it adds up to, you know, this big plan, which some of the world elites are talking about. And, you know, it moves into transhumanism, it, it moves into tracking. We got to remember that even on our cell phones, we have a chip that's going with us at all time that can track everything that we do, what we look at, um, where we are, you know, uh, all of that stuff. It's about a greater control. It's about a greater security. And they put this in, in the guys in the United States under 9-11 with the Patriot Act. And we lost a lot of our privacy uh, because of the Patriot Act. And I, I'm not an anti-government guy, but the thing is, is when government moves to take control from their people, our rights start to be infringed on. And those things are happening more and more as I see it with the pandemic and, and now with war. And, and when you challenge something like this, all of a sudden you're canceled. If we say the wrong thing on YouTube, we're canceled. They're going to shut us off. They're going to, you know, slow down our feeds in a sense. They're going to do all that to the greatest capability of trying to shut you down. They did it to politicians. They did it to all sorts of people during the pandemic. So it's very interesting that they have control of, of governments. They have control of the media. They're looking to get control of the food 
that we actually eat. They control the airspace, they control airports, they control, you know, some would say religion and churches and things like that. And what you can say, the entertainment industry. So all facets of our world, they have their hands on pretty much everything that we look at and that we view and that we see in the world. And it's pretty baffling when you take it all in at once and go, what is going on? Mm -hmm. And you go, are we in those times? Are we in those times of revelations? Because when I read revelations, I see an undercurrent of God moving underneath reality. And in the sense of if your eyes are open, you can start to see what God's doing. For example, we take the story of Jonah. Jonah was kind of the reluctant prophet. He was like, I want you, God was, I want you to go into Nineveh. I want you to spread this message. He's like, no. He walked the other way. He went to Tarshish, right? He was in a boat and he got thrown over. They threw him out, actually, right? God sparked the anger of the people and said, who is this guy? They threw him over and a whale or a big fish, right? Grabs him. He's in the belly of the whale for how long? And where does the whale spit him out? Nineveh. And God's going, I don't care who you are, who you think you are. You're going to get done my process and what I want you to do, right? And Nineveh converted. So the grace of God is kind of moving through the world. And there's people out there that are, are resisting this change. But what we need to really do as a Catholic culture is we have to get very spiritual, very quick. We have to repent and we have to surrender to the will of the, the Lord and Our Lady and ask him to teach us himself and be open to new information because there's a lot of information out there, but we're not looking. The normal person, for example, is raises their kids, comes home from work, gets about 15 minutes of news, plays with their kids, goes to bed and starts the whole process over. When do they have time to sit and do the research that we're talking about to actually see Carl Schwab or George Soros or some of these big wigs talk at, at some of these conferences and actually what they're saying, they don't. Right. So they rely on little snippets of the news and we know that they have control of the media. Yeah. So I think it's, I mean, it's a perfect storm as this podcast said within the, the, uh, the farming industry, mm -hmm. but it's a perfect storm in a lot of different industries that's coming to a head very quickly. Do you have a sense, Father, of why we got here? Mm. I mean, uh, you know, you, you talked about Jonah and Nineveh, and he didn't want to do it, uh, but God, you know, managed to get him there anyway. But, uh, you know, how did we get here? Why, why, is, why do the elites, uh, the oligarchs, whatever you want to call them, of, of our world right now, why do they have an easy time of it right now? I mean, they're just, they're just walking in, taking over, and you know, bullying us. I always say they got the dopamine of bullying or, or elitism or whatever it is. But, uh, but you know, how did we get here? I, and I, I know we can talk about, you know, that they, they took control of all the sources of influence in our world, but how did we let that happen? Where, I guess I'm leading the question here because, uh, you know, where are the leaders on our team? You know, uh, it, it, so go ahead, Father. And I, and I think that there's a, there's a fear of this cancel culture. There's a fear yes. of the truth. There's a fear of losing, losing money, losing protections, losing 
all those kind of things. But, you know, this has been politically on the horizon for a long time. I remember George Bush standing up there talking about a new world order. Mm -hmm. This is a plan that goes generations back. See, these guys that filtered into these organizations, they've had the same plans for three, four hundred years. See, when you look at it from a mystical point of view, you know, this is not new. This is Napoleon. This is Hitler. This is some of the great killers of, you know, history. The same things were happening. And just in the modern age is the elites are looking back to history and studying history of how these guys fail and studying their missteps so that they don't fail in that. So they can come with a stronger sense of submission from the people and i think that this is an ancient spirit that runs through the world and i think it's been foretold it's it's god's allowing it because of our disobedience to him our lack of reverence our lack of obedience to him just like uh jonah he wasn't obedient to god and what did god do god had him swallowed by a fish and guess what he got spit up at nineveh and there he is, and he's like, okay, you got another choice, you got another chance, are you going to do it or not? And he did it, and it worked out. So that whole aspect is an analogy of the tomb, right? So we see the glory of God, Christ coming out of the tomb, while the glory of God that at that point was Jonah coming out of that fish, and then prophesying to the people in the conversion of those people. And we saw the glory of God in that particular story. So how do we harness that glory? What do we do as people of God in this era to harness that glory? And to weather this storm, that's the big question. Because it's coming. And the thing is, is, is people don't want to believe it. You know, Father, you mentioned Schwab, Klaus Schwab. We're head of the World Economic Forum. And he's got a sidekick. This guy is talking about, and he's one of Schwab's top advisors, and he's talking about us getting to a point where we have one, maybe two generations of actual human beings left. And then we'll be in what's called what Klaus Schwab was referring to as um, the fourth industrial revolution, which is tr basically, as you already mentioned, transhumanism is his idea that it'll be such a union between human and AI, artificial intelligence, that it'll be almost seamless. And so this idea of free will and all will basically be done away with. And this is something that a lot of people might hear just a glimpse here, there. And I, I, I'm so happy you made the point that a lot of people are getting just a snippet here and there. And a lot of those snippets um, from, the, from the left, you would say, if you want to refer to them as that, they're controlling how that's being uh, you know, dispersed. And it's, 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 always, it's always touted as, oh, that's, that's ridiculous. It's, it's conspiracy. Theory. Even though they themselves are saying this at the Davos conferences, for example, World Economic Forum, World Economic Forum conferences take place in Davos. These guys are not hiding this. They're not shying away from it. And they're talking about hacking a human being intellectually, getting into our minds and actually controlling our free will. They say that this is already possible. And this is something that I know you, you say this goes back. And the reason I bring this up is when you mentioned that this is not new, um, I, I, I try to remind people when I can, when I'm out speaking about this sort of thing, is the same diabolical spirits that tempted Stalin and Hitler and Napoleon or Ivan the Terrible. You go back so many centuries throughout history, the, 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 the Roman emperors, you know, you know, these guys were, were so 
so taken over by these diabolical spirits. Those spirits aren't gone. I mean, they're diabolical spirits. Just because the men are, are dead does not mean these spirits have gone away. And this, this man, uh, Klaus Schwab's right-hand man, states that the Nazis or the KGB, he mentions this in one talk, did not have the technology that we have now. They did not understand the biology that we do now. But had they had it, they would have used it. Well, I see that this is what, in a sense, he's saying that we're going to use it now in order to control the people. Is, is that kind of how you take that, that their effort is to use this technology to basically dominate? Yes. And the thing is, is when you look at Revelations and it talks about the mark of the beast and also a great book is to my beloved priest. It's called the Blue Book from Father Stefano Golby, who was a mm. mystic from mm. Italy. It, it roadmaps this thing. And it's one of the most comprehensive book on this topic I've ever read. And it was the first book I read after my conversion. But basically what you have is this, this kind of scenario. You have a perfect storm. You have the pandemic. You have rumors of war and war going on. You have the fear of the people. You have food shortages. And now many, many people, because they're hungry, will do just about anything to survive. So now what if they come up with Okay, that's great, but we have to vaccinate you first because you're going to go on. We're going to help you and give you assistance, but you have to be vaccinated. It's already been known as they were doing this in the 90s that they were shooting RFD ID chips in, you know, special forces guys so they could recover the bodies. They that they have the chip now which has all your medical records, all your financial records all the things about you. They have computers um, in this world now that are collecting almost 150, 200 pieces of information about every human in the world. They were target packaging, you know, in, in for example, the Iraq war, they had information on all those people. When they used a phone, they knew exactly where they were and they could target them and they could use the smart bombs and all these types of things exist. And people don't realize how far technology has. Now, the things we see like the F-35 and the F-22, these are pretty cool airplanes. Those are the things that have been shown to us. But there's things 30 years, you know, processed forward that they have that is classified that none of us have ever seen. And why is the government's hiding technology from us? Why is all these things happening? Well, it's about control, right? It's about what the people know. And the thing is, is they can move into a control mechanism to control us by our smartphones, by a chip in the back of our hand or our forehead. And this is what it's about. And after that, they have total control. They have, they can, they can pull anything up on the, their computer. They can look at what you're doing. They can look at your medical. They can, they're also touting the fact if they put this AI, this chip in you, they can monitor your vitals of your body. This is unbelievable stuff that they're breaking forth in the world and no one is aware of it. Father, when you and I talked this morning and you were tipping me off of this uh, podcast, um, you were talking about how 
Well, you had a sense that this is inevitable. And I, like I say, I'm just kind of putting my toe in the water and finding out all this stuff. You've done the deep dive and, and the research on all this. And, uh, it, but it, it looks like it's inevitable because of the price of fertilizer, the price of diesel and, uh, and what, what Monsanto's doing and all that stuff. It just, it's, it's almost seems at this point unavoidable. So, um, I, I was talking with a friend earlier after you and I talked and, uh, and she actually said, okay, now what do we do? What, what are we supposed to do? And I, I had to say, you know, I'm pretty fresh at this. Um, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's do some research. Let's, uh, let's see what we can do together to, to, to figure this out. But father, you had some, um, uh, initial thoughts you, you, you thought that we should be doing, uh, with what looks to be inevitable. And I think you throughout August, even, as a possible time based on, uh, and maybe if you want to get into it, apparitions, apparitions that go on, coincide with this, but, uh, but you know, what are we, what are we supposed to do? You want to touch on the apparition part of it? Well, I think, you know, at first half, go to confession. If you're a Catholic, if, even if you're a Christian, get on your knees and beg for forgiveness from, for your sins. If you're a Catholic, find a priest that is hearing confessions go do that, get clean, and, and ask God to lead you. Ask Our Lady to lead you. The greatest weapon of our times, Padre Peel said, was the Holy Rosary. Right. And that's something that we need to move in. You guys have been touting the combat rosary. This is, this is a perfect scenario for that. We need to be uh, offensive with our rosaries to affect the people of the world and the world. We can stop wars with, with rosaries. We know that, right? Mm. Uh, what was it, Panto that 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 happened in La Panto? And yeah, La Panto, yep. Yeah, the the power of that is unbelievable. What just happened in our world with the consecration? And some want to say it didn't happen. Some want to say it did happen. But what happened that never happened before is the union of the bishops with the right. Pope and Benedict. Mm. Right. So I'm pretty confident that that consecration happened, which Our Lady said that it would happen late to Lucia. So the thing is, is she's got the world. She's got us. And the thing is, is to have confidence in, in her. And one of the things that I, I always say is every Hail Mary is like a pound of pressure that you put on Mary's foot to crush the head of Satan. So if you're thinking about that, we can be offensive with our prayers. Now, moving away from the spiritual and going to the practical level, um, you know, this podcast and this, this guy that did it on uh, Man in America, he mentioned Victory Garden, something they did in World War I and World War right. II, that every uh, household planted a garden. Mm -hmm. Well, let's be honest, it's April. And those seeds, we need to get seeds and we need to start planting those and right. getting those seeds ready and putting them in the ground and taking You coined care a, a cool name for Victory Garden. What did you call it, Father? I, I just, I just added Our Lady to it. Yeah, Our, Lady Our Lady of Victory, Victory which uh, that's the Battle of Ponto. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. where she got the name. Our Lady of Victory Gardens, and I Our think Lady it's of important. Victory Gardens. I like it. Yeah. I love it. But I but think because was... because in World War II, right, Father, they 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 had to get so much food over to the troops and and over to people that are starving in Europe, and and uh, and so in order to keep the food supply going in America. Uh, I think you said, was it like 50% of households or something like that started doing these victory gardens? 
back then. Well, I, I, I think there was a bigger percentage of that that were growing gardens, but it was 40 to 50% of all of the food produced in America were produced by individuals. Right. Or think about we have 300 and what, 70 million people yeah. in the United States and their territories. If, if everybody would grow a garden, we wouldn't have necessarily a food shortage because you wouldn't be going to the grocery stores to buy produce and different things like that. Maybe meat and other things like that. But the thing is, you'd be growing your own and you'd be sustainable. I think this is the time for sustainable growing and trying to look and learn those types of things as a process. Now, Our Lady always said in Medjugorje, she said, if you want a happy life, live simply. And the thing is, is this is simple living. When you get your hands in the dirt again and you feel the seasons, you feel that growing power that the earth gives you and what God, God does for us by giving us seeds and, and how a plant comes and takes the carbon dioxide and brings back oxygen and gives you fruit. What's the great thing about bearing fruit, right? The, the image of the fig tree and the basically saying it hasn't produced fr fruit for three years, cut it down. But no, God wants to cultivate it and he wants to bring fruit to us again. So I think this is a way to do that practically is growing gardens and maybe stocking up on a little rice and beans, you know, to have something to weather this storm. Yeah, I think what you're saying, Father, is, is um, I mean, the, it's helping to give people permission. And I know this is something that I've seen because we we did in Battle Ready Coalition, which is our online training membership, as we we started to focus a lot on five key things. And we actually put an emergency course together called Battle Ready Emergency Preparedness Course, or BREP for short. And we focus on five main things, food, water, shelter, medical, and defense. And the food and water part in general, you know, we're hearing more and more that not only is there, is there going to be food shortages, I and mean, we're seeing this with shelves that are empty. I mean, every grocery store you go in, there's pockets of areas on shelves at least that are empty. And some, it's, it's much worse. And in this particular podcast, this gentleman shows a video clip of uh, a grocery store in China where it, the whole area of this store is, is barren. And then you see images of people fighting over it, which is a logical conclusion when people get desperate is they start to panic and you're going to have people who aren't going to be so calm. When you want to feed somebody like your family, they're going to take different steps. And as they say, desperate times call for desperate measures. We hope and pray with moral grounding that it does not become unjust or violent. But we know that there's a lot of people that have no moral grounding. So it is important to look at these different scenarios. So food and water in general. And my wife and I, we've been working on gardens and planting fruit trees and so forth for quite a while. We've been trying to develop this. And this is just something that it gets into your system. And it's not, not, not to mention, it's just really cool to watch stuff come out of the ground you know, grow out of the ground. It's a neat thing, but it is something that I really encourage people, the same as you just said, to start doing it now. The permission is there. It's not, it, there's nothing, there's nothing here that says we're not trusting God because a lot of people will tell me, but I just want to trust Jesus. He'll take care of us. But Jesus also wants us to engage in the ordinary life that he has put us in the day-to-day -day ordinary means you know, if I break my arm, I go to the doctor and he sets the arm, puts a cast on it. And then God's grace through the natural healing process, hopefully my arm is healed again. I wouldn't break my arm and then just sit there in, in, in the living room and just pray that it is healed all of a sudden. God normally doesn't do that. I mean, miracles, of course, but rarely. 
does that happen? It's normally through the ordinary means that God has designed it for, uh, for us to live in. Um, by the way, real quick, I did find that gentleman's name. I don't know if I can call him a gentleman. That man's name, Klaus Schwab's right hand, one of his right hand advisors, his name is Yuval Noah Harari. Here he is on the screen. And this is a 46 year old, uh, roughly 46 year old. Um, they call him a um, Israeli public intellectual historian and professor in the Department of History at Hebrew University in Jerusalem. This is a man who does believe that AI and human connection, transhumanism is inevitable. You know, and Father Howman, as you mentioned earlier, this stuff is here, it's in our face, and people's response is still kind of a heads in a cloud, heads in a bubble. Uh, I want to go golfing and shopping, as Father Howman always says, you know, don't interfere with my golfing and shopping because that means I would have to actually do something. And I think, Father, uh, Mike, you said that at your homilies, you actually tell people things really that they can and should do. And I got to say, thank you for that, because I know as a parishioner, I'm sitting there and I know that the priest preaching, God bless him, you know, this is not a criticism of him, but I know he knows that I know that we recognize there's a war going on in Ukraine right now. It, it's being talked about that it could escalate to World War III. It could become nuclear. We're hearing about food shortages. We're seeing it happen. We know the fertilizer is going up. We know this is coming. Gas prices, you name it. In addition to that, the threat of cyber attacks, the threat of the power grid going down, all of these things are out there. And yet oftentimes, most of the time, we hear crickets from the spiritual leadership. Now, I know that it's not your either of you's responsibility to tell me as a husband and father what my role is, but there are a lot of people who do rely on even one word that comes from the mouth of a spiritual leader that says, hey, it's okay to do kind of what Joseph did in the Old Testament when he spent seven years, I just get a kick out of that, seven years preparing for the seven-year famine that was coming. That's an enormous amount of preparation for an entire country of Egypt and the surrounding provinces. They say all the lands around there, the whole world in one translation, came to Egypt to survive because of what Joseph did, and he did it because God spoke to him to do it. Father Mike, can you speak to some of that and the spiritual leadership giving us lay people, so to speak, some kind of, call it permission or some sort of encouragement to take these steps? Well, yeah, I think you outlined it pretty good with the five things. What I would add to that is fire. You mm. need something to make fire for heat to take away the cold if you get wet, things like that. Fire, shelter, water, food, and some kind of protection. And your spirituality is very important. So five or six things right. that will get you through any situation. But I would say in your house itself, have three months of food ready. The easiest way to do it is buy some rice. It, it holds really easy. You can store it for 30 years. Put it in a plastic container. You know, forget about it. Use it for your family. Buy the things that you use. Uh, some canned meat like tuna, I use that all the time on salads. Sardines are great. Um, just things, think about the guys that in World War II, what they would have in their backpacks. Mm -hmm. You know, things like that are very important. Candles in your house. Have them blessed by your priest. If the power goes out, light some candles. Light your way, right? It's nice to have a generator, especially if you have... Um, freezer and meat in the freezer and things like that. If the power goes out, 
you can you can have a small generator hooked up to your freezer and you won't lose all that food you know um there's a lot of different things you can do propane small propane tank in case you need to heat up a room make sure you vent it because of the carbon dioxide there's a lot of prepping things you can do now i'm a closet prepper because i've i've been watching this unfold since my conversion in, in 94. I, you know, read Gobi's book. I was blasted by the Holy Spirit as I wrote, read it. And I've been watching this, just sitting back and, and looking at it for a long, long time. I've preached about it in the past, got me in a little trouble, right? But the thing is, is what we have to realize is it's here. It's, if people can't see it now, they don't want to pay attention. Yeah. But those that are paying attention, you can do some pretty fundamental things that will help your family get through these times a little better. And the time is now. If you can buy it now, get it. You know, rice, beans, you know, canned goods, things like that. Don't go hog wild, but three months of food to get you through a winter if there's a food shortage, that's not a bad thing to have around. And you can work it into your you know, you're eating a food too and kind of restock and, and things like that. So to have that around is not a bad thing. Water is very important. Those are the elements that we need is water and food for, for the sustaining of life. We can't freeze to death, so you got to have fire. And, you know, those are the types of things you want to concentrate on. Well, when you think about the, I'm sorry, Father, I'm going to jump in real quick here. You think about the first two of the seven corporate works of mercy or feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty. And we can't do that if we don't have access to that. And if there's a crisis, whether it's a natural disaster or food shortages or some sort of civil unrest or some sort of government tyrannical takeover, which, yeah, that could happen too and is happening in some places, then it's, it's incumbent upon us, especially as Christians, to be responsible enough to have these things stored up. So if someone comes to the door, knocks on the door and says, hey, we're really hungry. I got a wife and kids. What do I do? And, you know, if I can hand them a couple bottles of water and, and you know, a, a bag of beef jerky or something, and, and uh, maybe a package of baby wipes, which are really yep. good to be, you can use them as like a form of toilet paper. You can be a field shower, which soldiers use when they're out on tour sometimes. You know, these are things you can do. And I'll throw this in real quick. I went and grabbed these when you were saying that little portable generator. This is a battery backup station is what it is. And it's yep. solar powered. This is a 250 watt. And I got a thousand watt right here. So the thousand watt will run my refrigerator and my deep freeze. And I've got some solar panels that I can use with those as well. This is a very simple way as, as well to just have that backup. And I like what you said, Father Mike, about kind of work this in. I know people will say, well, that it costs money. I don't have that kind of money. Cancel Netflix, it, especially right now. Cancel Netflix and cancel Disney. For, for what in the world were we doing supporting Disney anyway? cancel that stuff get it out of there cut your cable tv off you don't need satellite and this sort of stuff we can find things just on the internet in general i mean really what you need is you need the sacraments and you need the u.s grace force podcast other than that i think you're set in general for most people but anyway you can cancel that save the money put it into a solar powered you know battery station of some sort and these items that you're talking about father i think it is so critical that we act as you said now because people are thinking, well, yeah, I'll keep an eye on it. And yeah, maybe down the road, I'm thinking, look, get your garden planted now. It takes time for these things to come to the level that we really need to be sustainable. So I think it's important for people to start taking steps right now. When you go to the grocery store, get a couple more cans of soup, a couple more cans of tuna, 
get a couple more bottles, uh, get, get the cases of water, the individual bottles if you need to, get a few more items and put them in a storage place and know that that's my emergency food, my emergency water. Add some medical, add some defensive measures. And I know it's maybe not the same for you priests as it is for me to talk about. And I don't know if either of you want to say anything about that, but the need to be ready to protect and defend our, our loved ones and our, our food and our water, if it gets serious, is very, very important. I think any, any war, Bosnia, uh, Vietnam, you name it, the Rwandan genocide, where when people get out of hand, women become sexual assault targets. There's no question that gets way, way off the rails. Nasty, bad, nasty. And we men need to be better prepared and ready to protect and defend those that would become a target of the evil ones and those who are cooperating with evil, especially in crisis situations like that. Um, sorry, your thoughts, fathers, on, on any of this? Go ahead, Rick. Oh, well, I, you know, I'm sitting here listening to both of you and, and you just now, Doug, and I'm just sitting here saying I'm so grateful uh, because you, you know, especially Doug, that it, it's been hard to move me. I, I, I don't want to believe that this is coming. And, uh, I, and I, I just feel the love from you guys that, you know what, it, in all likelihood it is. And, and the, then the passion that you have to help people to prepare for that, um, that's what was in my mind as I'm listening to, to both of you but you just recently, Doug, is is I'm just really, really grateful to you too. I'm coming around. I I I, I, I don't know. Like I want. I think I'm like a lot of people where, you know, you don't want to believe it, and so you kind of push it away and you and you put it out of mind. And and I and I think we're at a point right now where that's just no longer possible. Um, there there's just. I mean. You know, you guys have been naming it. We got a war, you know, possible World War Three on our hands, and we just went through a two-year uh, pandemic, and you know, we got we had streets on fire, and we got grown men walking into little girls' bathrooms. I mean, you just this is historic that we're going through right now, and and you and 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 you have the reality, and it's a reality too. I, I know in this podcast that um, he, uh, he he played a, a, a take from uh, Tucker Carlson. Which he made the comment. Listen, if it's on Tucker Carlson, then you know it's 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 not in the recesses. It's right out in the open. Mm. But uh, but the, the idea that that the, there is these elites, these oligarchs, whatever you want to call them, I call them tyrants that have been uh, pushing, pushing, pushing. I think he called what this this new um, shortage of food as like phase two or something mm. like that of like four or five phases that they all got worked out. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, and so I, I'd like to hear from you guys. And I think it's your turn father. Cause and I'd love to hear from you, but um, okay. We're facing this and I keep going at what point are we going to uh, see the severity enough to push back? And I know we push back first and primarily through prayer but what does the other pushback look like how do we how do we reclaim this surrendered ground ultimately I, I i do think that we have to go through tough times because it appears i always say god's a perfect dad and and what do perfect dads do well they try to inspire you to do something but if they don't if that doesn't work 
then they got to let you go through something to, to, to wake, wake you up. Cause it's, it's serious. And I, I feel like that's where we're at right now is, is that we're being allowed to go through some tough, tough stuff. Uh, and so that finally, okay, we're not just, as you said, Doug, shopping, golfing, but we're taking this seriously and, and, and yeah, we, let's get the food, let's get ready for the, for the difficult times of our faith. But how do we win it back? How do we, how do we, how do we counter this tyranny, uh, and, and win back? Have, have you any ideas about that thought, Father? Well, I think there's a couple points to make here. First of all, what I keep on seeing online is the rapture. God's going to take us out of it. Well, that's a heresy. That was created in the 70s, and that's not going to happen. I know what scripture reference they're pointing out, but that could mean death as well, you know, that God does take it out of uh, us out of that based on us dying. So we have to realize that God doesn't work like that. He's just not going to disappear us from the face of the earth. That if Christ suffered, his own son died on the cross, do you think you're not going to suffer as people of God? Right. We have to walk through that cross and that resurrection as well as the body of Christ. This is what it is, is we're going to the crucifixion. The church is going through the crucifixion, and it will, you know, but God promises that it will come out without a wrinkle or a blemish. It will be purified. And that's a beautiful thing. So we know from the spiritual aspect and the, and the scripture aspect where we're at, God doesn't work like that. Can he perform a miracle? Yes. Is there the aspect of people saying that the warning's coming spiritually? Yes, that's out there. That's prophecy. That the three days of darkness could happen. Yes. I don't think it's going to come before Revelations happens because we're in starting to go through Revelations. And we're starting to see some of those things in Revelations where we can correlate to what's going on in the world. But the thing is, is a lot of things have to happen first. So there's going to be a lot of suffering in my particular perspective. So the other thing is, a miracle, miracles happen all the time. And I, I was aware of a family in Medjugorje who farmed. And during the war in the 90s in Bosnia, they saw the war coming, so they butchered two of their cows. And what they did is throughout the war, when families were struggling, they would come over and bring a frozen roast to them and help out other families around. They they worked together as a community. They traded different things back and forth. Well, let me give you a bag of onions or let me give you this. And what they did is they traded things. So that naturally happened, kind of a black market kind of thing between families and communities where they were sharing goods and, and services with each other. I think that's naturally going to happen. But the cool thing about that was, is in the glory of God, when we're doing what God wants us to do, miracles do happen. And he came to his freezer and it was empty. He had one more roast and he gave it out and he was, he unplugged his, um, his freezer. It was a chest freezer and opened it up. So it would thaw so he could clean it out. Right. And he came back the next day and it was plugged in and it was fully stocked with meat again. <laughs> And he didn't know, you know, and it was a miracle. This has happened over the years. When you feed the hungry, God's going to respond to you when you help people. So the idea is we have to go through this together. 
what we want to do is, is Satan's telling us to close off, protect yourself only in your family. But the thing is, is we have to judge and discern and our discernment has to get better of people. And we have to pray and let God lead us in that. So if God says, help someone, help someone. It's going to benefit you. And there becomes a relationship with that. Remember, we're all going to be in the same boat. Now, what I'm worried about is I'm worried about the large cities. Because there's only three days of food in any given city in the grocery stores. So what happens is when people get hungry, and especially when people are morally compromised and they're not close to God, what could happen there? We're already seeing crime rates go through the roof. And I, I do law enforcement ministry, so I see it firsthand. But the thing is, is you have to realize that this thing could erupt very quickly. Kenosha and these riots, Black Lives Matters, all this stuff that happened is just the trial run for what's going to happen in the future and what could happen. So when, when Doug talks about protection, I think that's important as well. And, and just to comment on that, as, as men, we have to protect our families. We have to protect our children. And it, and it screams at me that, you know, through the school systems, through the governments, through Disney, through all of this propaganda, they are after our children. Mm-hmm. They want to affect the next generation to brainwash them so they think that, oh, our parents are stupid, and they take advantage of those teenage years, right, and they try to alienate the family. Our lady said to Lachia, she said, the last battle between the forces of good and the forces of evil is over marriage and the family. I see that every day as a priest here in Confessions, and we have to understand they're trying to split our families. But today, it's about praying the rosary and keeping our family together, understanding that there's, there's great fear, there's great trepidation, there's high-level anxiety in the world, and we have to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I think on that, you know, you, uh, you talk about the division part, and the last couple of years have been so rough on so many people with just a physical separation that seems to be forced upon us where loved ones were allowed to, to die without any family members near them. And in some cases, there were some, some situations where, you know, priests didn't even give them the last rites. You know, they, they weren't even by their side. I mean, it was horrendous and terrible situations that divided. Then from there, we've got families that have been torn apart over that particular situation that happened regarding who received the needle and who didn't, and on and on and on, who covered their face and didn't and so forth. And we see the division, I, but we can't be divided. You're right, Father. We have to learn to work together. One of the things we, we try to push the battle to coalition, and I try to make my talks, is build your communities. Talk with people. Get to know other people. See who's on the same page. Now, this is something really exciting is, I, again, I just go back from Nebraska, as I mentioned earlier in the program here. And there's a friend of ours up there who said that her and her husband one day just felt compelled to go speak to a particular priest. This is in the Lincoln Diocese, Lincoln, Nebraska. And they went to this priest, they felt like he was very much on the same page. And they went to him and said, Father, we're concerned about what's going on in the times we have right now. Would you be willing to lead a group of people, five, six, seven couples, maybe married couples, and just kind of help? We want to sit together and we want to, maybe we're thinking about just getting together and talking about different things that are going on. And how can we have each other's back? Kind of what you said, Father Mike, about the idea of bartering and sharing and bringing talents and gifts and skills to the table to make sure that everybody's really helping each other out. But some spiritual guidance would be great. He said, you know, that's been on my heart. I would, I would be happy to do that. So they came up with seven or eight couples. He started to lead this group now. Twice a month they get together. 
He leads some prayer and spiritual direction on it. And then they all sit and talk and discuss a second group now formed and a third one's in the process. So this priest is meeting with two groups and a third about to twice a month, just to talk about the times that we're in and how we spiritually and physically get ourselves in better shape and better preparation. So anybody out there watching this episode right now, if you want to go to a priest that you feel compelled to spiritually, uh, go talk with him and see maybe if God's not inspiring something like this. I know both of these priests are definitely that type of priest as well. And I know uh, there have been uh, two priests here in the Tyler Diocese already that I have approached with this, and both of them are very much on board with the idea. I think many more would if we lay people go to them and say, hey, Father, we need your help. Because while I do believe, and this is going to sound hard maybe for some people to understand, fear should not be what drives us. We know that. But fear can be a healthy motivator like, for example, my kid might run in front of a car in the street. There's enough fear of, of what could happen if my kid runs in front of the car that I take precautions so my kid doesn't run in front of the car and so forth. So let it be a healthy motivational sort of concern slash healthy fear that if we don't take steps and do things now and put them in place on a natural level and supernatural level, like you mentioned earlier, both of you, I think, said fathers, the need to be spiritually prepared, get to confession, get close to God, make sure that that is primary. And then from there, things flow. But there should be a bit of a healthy, like, look, every time I pray the act of contrition, I, I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell. You know, there's a little bit of fear in there, but it's a healthy fear that motivates me to get in the confessional and try to amend my life. So I, I, I guess, do, do either of you think that maybe we carry the don't be afraid to a point where people don't then do anything? Do you think that there's a healthy place in there for a little bit of motivational, call it fear, call it just understanding the consequence? How do we put that in perspective so that we don't just become kind of dead bumps on a log and are not nervous at all when they say food shortages are coming, it's going to be really difficult. Ah, I'm not worried about any of that because we're not supposed to be afraid. Well, I want my kids to eat though. So I should be motivated enough by that to act somehow now. What's your comment on that, Father Mike? Well, I think if you go back to the story of Noah, right? Mm. Everybody thought he was crazy. Mm. Now, I know wives that prep and their husbands think they're crazy. Mm. Or I, I, I've met them too, yeah. Yeah, or husbands that are prepping and wives think they're crazy. Yeah. But the thing is, is they're doing it and they don't care in a sense of what other people think. And I think that when you shed, you know, what people's opinions are of you and you start moving and going, okay, what is the will of God? What is happening in our world? And you open up to it spiritually and go, okay, Lord, what should I do today? I think that you'll, you'll find the answer. You know, God, God is God. And the thing is, is he'll figure out a way to communicate it to you and help you and drive you and give you the energy. I often tell people and, and people say to me, I don't have the energy anymore. And I said, pray for the energy. Mm -hmm. Lord, give me the energy to get up and do my dishes. Give me the energy to go out and garden. Give me the energy to clean my heart, the house. And God is very good at that, especially after the sacrament of reconciliation when we're in the state of grace. If he died for us, right, and sent his son to redeem us, how much more willing is he to give us the grace to stay in that grace, to stay in that love, to stay in that peace? Right. He wants us there. So don't be afraid to ask God for those things. 
and and he'll give you what you need if you're in right temperament with god if you're in the right state god will give you anything you need mountains will move if you're in his divine will and i think that's so important for people to realize but don't be afraid of what people say just go and do it and it's like nike right just do it because the thing is if it doesn't happen i'll be the first one to praise god that it didn't happen mm. But if it does, I'll be right there with you, Father. (laughs) I don't want it to, you know, but I think I would say the woman on the other end of this ring is counting on me to make sure that spiritually she's protected. So it's up to me. I mean, my wife's a great woman with prayer and sacraments, but you know, honey, we get make sure we pray our rosary today and our auxilium Christianorum prayers. And, and we're getting to let's get to confession this week and, and so forth. And also, uh those plants let's get that garden done and uh you know and, and we're, we're we're equally yoked on this but but you're right father i mean we've got to not worry about what other people are thinking about us so much because we know that there's something there that needs to be just responsibly dealt with yep. father rick well, well I, I i our time is up uh, father and uh, this wow. is a beautiful place for us to uh to conclude um i'm so we're so grateful to for you just said you'd come on tonight this has been an incredible yeah we need um, to get you, we need to get you back on soon father if that's all right We'd yeah like to get you yeah back on soon. really good thank you father if you wouldn't mind could you close us with a little prayer and a blessing sure in the name of the father son and holy spirit amen lord we ask you father in heaven for your finger to heal our hearts through the merits of your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, his passion, death, and resurrection, and our lady queen of peace, our lady queen of the angels, to dispatch as many angels necessary to us, to heal those wounds of division, of fear, of anger, of resentment, bring families back together, bring husbands and wives and children to their fathers and mother. Lord, allow your grace to flow through us and allow us to prepare for what is coming in the world and to honor you with all of our actions, with all of our mind and heart and our very soul. We ask all this to you, Father, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Peace Father. Be we got to have you on, much, Father. Soon. This was great. Thank you.